Capcom presents. Capcom presents. A bear? It's looking at me. Hey, so? Is that... Ihachi Mishima? What is he doing here? Hmm. Gentlemen. Are you two also in pursuit of the box? You win the fight, we'll tell you all we know. You lose, and we get to take a bear. <laughs> hmm. So it's some spicy bear stew you're after? Or perhaps a hot steaming plate of bear chop? Sounds good, but you're going to have to defeat me first! <laughs> what are you doing? I'm sorry. It's just... A bear. I just want to pet him. You know? Welcome to episode four of Capcom Community Official Podcast. Uh, on the functional mic this week is your host, Brett Elston, along with two fine folks sharing a mic, because apparently our third mic is just gar raw garbage. And uh, who, who's over there cuddling up? Uh, Greg Man here. And, and I'm Seth Killian, uh, feeling like I'm on a, a date from the 1950s with a man. <laughs> like we're sharing a, a malted here over the mic. I'm sorry. And we're actually uh, awkwardly a distance apart from each other. So this is not very uh, conducive to podcast discussion at all. It couldn't be more worse. Um, but you were with... Couldn't be more worse. Couldn't, Maximum worse. You couldn't... <laughs> you know, right before we hit record, you were whistling some song. I don't remember what you what it was. It was the Punch-Out one, right? Was just, I believe it was the training scene. Still whistling punch the Punch-Out yeah. theme. But it reminded me of our conversation a couple of days ago. We were talking about how sad the theme song to MASH is. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I just... like I. I never thought, like, as a kid, I thought it was really depressing at a time when you're, like, 10 or 12, and you shouldn't think anything is depressing because everything is new and jangly and shiny. <laughs> but even then, I was like, this is really sad. It just makes me think of when I'm going to be old in a retirement home in a recliner looking at a black and white TV, and I'm just so lazy and tired. I don't even want to yeah. get up to change MASH. And I'll yeah, just sit yeah. there. Bah, nah, 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 nah. It's so sad. But then you immediately chimed in, Greg, and you were like, yep. Oh, yeah. So no, you... I remember having that same feeling. It's just like, that's the, the sound of I need to stop watching TV. Wow. <laughs> it was one of the most popular shows like of all time like in, the, in the TV days yeah. of old. And it did have, seriously, like one of the worst imaginable theme songs, like Straight from Hell. <laughs> like it's Just really profoundly sad, but... Uh... But I mean, wasn't that sort of the thing with that show? Is that it would like switch moods on you all yeah. of a sudden? Just like war. Just like war. Just like yeah. war. Sometimes and, it's hilarious. And there's some <laughs> anecdote about the show, or that uh, it was optioned around, and or the book, or something, and then it was turned down a bunch of times consecutively, and then finally somebody did it, and whoops, one of the most popular shows of all time. But that's not about what we're talking. This also produced by Capcom. Also <laughs> officially. We missed last week because our equipment was actually in a truck on the way back from the Street Fighter Cross Tekken launch party. So that's why we didn't have a podcast last week. So we're If we really cared, we could have accompanied the equipment in the truck and recorded it yeah. truck style. I'm not against this in the future of just doing some kind of roving podcast. In fact, at one point, I, we were being optioned to do that in a Valester car. 
uh, <laughs> one of the dealings that never quite came through in my last job. They wanted us to get in uh, one of the new cars and uh, drive to E3 or Comic-Con or something and uh, just be silly and podcast from a, from a moving vehicle. Hmm. And it didn't quite happen. And now I see the commercials for that car going around. That is not a single mention of a podcast. It does mention <laughs> tweeting and stuff, though. So They couldn't do it nice. with you. I'm sorry. They didn't want to do it. Yeah, that's oh well. Option one through Z is gone. Cancel so. it. The whole car <laughs> canceled. Uh, so, um, appropriately enough though, the cross tech and launch party kept us from doing it last week. But now coming in this week, uh, that sorry, is sorry we were busy partying. Yeah, well, Greg and I were working and doing a live stream. I'm yeah. sorry. Obviously, since we last podcasted, Cross Tekken has been released, and uh, this is the first podcast we have post-launch podcast we've actually had about the game. It's all been like character discussion and this discussion and so now we can actually talk about uh the fact that it's out i've actually had time to actually sit down and start playing it myself and actually my initial reaction was to play with uh oscar and lily and that was not painting out whatsoever really just getting my ass handed to me pretty bad and like even with again i because the reason i wanted to do that was taking any of the street fighter characters i was kind of like well the game doesn't play like Street Fighter 4. Been there, done that. But it had a bit of that, been there, done that. If I want to like, fall back on something familiar but still f- learn something new, I can do that. But then the idea of playing Tekken characters was just such a blank page that you can actually feel like you're studying on equal ground with everyone. But then I go online and fight two Shotos at the same time, and it's like, yup, you guys kind of have a leg up on me here. I just can't get the image of you being handed your ass. Uh, Common enough phrase, but I just had an actual image of... Good day, you know, sir. Here's your ass. What is my demeanor when this is happening? Am I, am I accepting or am I more like... Ugh. It's your usual sort of office demeanor, actually. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll write your stupid... But since graduated too, I think I'm sticking with Julia now. She seems really good and actually deals decent damage, unlike what seems to be every female character in that game. Or just fighting games in general. You have to have a major trade-off. Joe, you has an infinite. Oh, well, the time it would take me to learn that. <laughs> no, I, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Julia, I think, is one of the strongest characters. Nina, I think, is also I've heard, quite yeah. strong. Yeah. Um, but uh, Chun-Li's combos are just raw cool, okay. kicking it up for the Street Fighter side. I think she's got, she's a much more dynamic style of play, whereas, uh, actually, Julia's not really like Nina either. So uh, they each have their own strengths. I like Chun-Li just for raw style points. Nina, if you want to win... Uh, although I think <laughs> Julia is maybe better than Nina long term, I'm not really sure. Mm. My money's kind of on Nina right now, but yeah. Julia is more fun, and she can do a lot of fun launchers. Yeah, the launch and stuff, like just the, those two hit quick Tekken combos, the dial that, that that dial together, that usually sends someone up in the air, that, and you can connect and juggle for quite a bit. But just trying to figure out how I can lead that into EX tag Lily in, so she can do her other like long string of jungles, and she has an EX that can bounce off the wall. So I'm just so many layers to fiddle with but it's really fun where i just spent like oh i just spent three hours in training mode and then now i want to go practice that online and just oof shodos and hugo basically just walk (laughs) all over me it's it's a bad bad time right now yeah it's a really fun game to mess around with in training mode it is there's a ton of possibilities uh the barrier for entry is a lot lower than i think it's been in like a traditional street fighter um and it's not quite as crazy or as intimidating as marvel so it's a nice middle ground that I think a lot of people have been uh, enjoying a lot from that angle. And then on the technical side, I know we've we've had a couple of blogs this week addressing some of the online issues, like the sound getting all muffled and, and weird once during online matches. And I had that happen to myself as well, uh, like uh, the first couple times I played. 
So I know we posted a blog that kind of addressed what was going on there and then why, why it was happening. And Seth, you said you had a bit more of information. And uh, more importantly, that there is uh, an update coming that will improve upon that. Yeah, they're 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 on it. Um, basically, this goes to the the issue of the you know the fact that the netcode was rewritten from scratch mm-hmm. for this. The rollback is a style of netcode which basically rewinds the game uh, to an earlier state because it uses what's called this is going to get super nerdy super quick fixed frame like there's there's sort of a fixed frame animations in Street Fighter. So think about like you know what do you does like a standing fierce punch or something like that mm. that might take say twelve frames of animation. From the time I hit the button to the time that move is ending, uh, there's 12 frames that are happening there. So the way rollback technology basically hides lag, it's basically a system that's designed to overcome the kind of lag you can experience when you have two players at a great distance or with differing speeds of connections or whatever. Um, It will roll back the game to a state, uh, and it will use those fixed frames... To, to sync you back up, and it will use those fixed frames to hide the latency. So if you've got, like, two or three frames of latency, what it'll do is it'll skip ahead on two or three frames of reused Fierce Punch. Um, and that's considered sort of an optimal way of handling the problem by players because what it will do is preserve the consistency of your input. So if you hit Fierce Punch, uh, you know exactly... You sort of have muscle memory around when you know Fierce Punch should end. Yeah, uh, And so you begin moving again, whether you're hitting the button on, on the offensive side or getting hit by it defensively or blocking it or whatever, you have a feel for when these things should be ending. And it manages to preserve that by skipping a few frames in the middle to make mm. sure that the game state uh, is is running sort of synced to a master clock or as close as possible. Sometimes that produces uh, sort of oddball little rollback effects, but overall, unless your connection is quite poor, it's generally considered to be the superior approach. This is versus sort of a, a sort of standard approach where it's, there is no rollback. It's just we do our best to keep the game in sync, and we just sort of slow it down to, mm. to the lowest common denominator, right? Um, which produces sort of you know some some stuttering or some some just sort of general slow mo s- slowness or or speed up uh, as the case may be, mm. which can be a little off putting, especially if you're in the middle of a combo or something. It's sort of the the online combo breaker. Anyway, with rollback, um, one of the artifacts of that is so there are f- skipped frames uh, as I discussed sometimes. Um, there are sounds queued to individual frames. So the sound of a move will play based on its frame data. So on frame three of the Hadouken or something like that, um, the sound for Hadouken is queued to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in traditional Street Fighter, that's never been an issue because those frames are always represented at some point, uh, whether it's slowly or you know whether it, they need to slow the physical speed of the clock down um, to make sure they're all in there. So that, that you know the frames will all play. But with rollback, it may be that that frame is skipped entirely or is skipped to sync back to the master clock, mm-hmm. in which case, boy, I don't know if this, any of this is going to come across, but in which case, so if you skip over that frame, the sound just won't play because you've skipped that frame. Right, right, um, right. So even though the move may still execute the sound to play that move or the sound sounds, associated with that move may not come out. Right. It sounds complicated, but the chalkboard and professor outfit you're wearing and the, the pointer wand you're using is that is. <laughs> Is helping me through this. I put on my special, yeah, my special professorial coat. I think that was actually quite a poor explanation, so I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just basically to say that rollback technology rolls back over certain frames uh, and may cause certain frames to not be expressed in the traditional way, um, in which case if there were sounds cued to those yeah. frames uh, in the netcode so far, 
it will cause those sounds not to play. Yeah. So they've figured out a solution for that. There are solutions for it. Mm -hmm. um, this is sort of the, the first time they've, they've done an implementation of netcode like this. And if it helps, they did it specifically for the Western market. Because if you've been lucky enough to play an online game in Japan, uh, not only is Japan a relatively small country in terms of landmass, you, yep. you know, the furthest two points away in Japan are not very far apart. It's about the same size as California, mm -hmm. relatively speaking. Um, with a little bit of water mixed in there and some <laughs> islands, but about the same size as California. Uh, not only is it a relatively small space physically, which allows the signals to pass faster uh, back and forth, they also have a completely kick-ass network infrastructure. I would imagine. With, like fiber going into everybody's house uh, at a low, low cost. And so it's just, they have a really good network infrastructure. And right. that's possible, you know, in America, it's much more expensive to cover a gigantic landmass with that kind oh, yeah. of cable. Plus, yeah. it hasn't been sort of a national priority, uh, blah, huge, blah, blah. Yeah, I mean, my hometown is like 5,000 people, and there's still large chunks of that do, doesn't have broadband internet of any kind. Like, it's still dial-up. Wow. Dial-up internet, everybody, in 2012. Yeah, well, and and I, I think I play a lot of those people online, unfortunately. Like, Can you <laughs> even get online? With <laughs> I don't know, but it seems like I'm playing those guys. But yeah, yeah. anyway, the Western markets, uh, Europe and the U.S., have uh, much greater distances involved and much more sort of up and down internet connectivity speeds. Yeah. Um, in which case, rollback is a great solution. Uh, it's really not sort of necessary uh, in Japan, generally speaking, because it's just crackerjack connections in a short distance. So yep. they're not uh, always as sensitized to sort of the struggles of the online player, the online warrior. Shout outs to Maximilian. Hey. As, uh, as as perhaps uh, U.S. players might be, but uh, in in recognition of the plight of Western players, they tried this new kind of network technology. So they're working out a few kinks, but uh, should be sussed soon. And we also have uh, upcoming uh, good news on the DLC front. So hopefully we can get that news out to you shortly. Uh, we're still kind of uh, deciding what's coming out when, but uh, there is some cool stuff coming. Yeah, for sure. Uh, for sure. <laughs> I was uh, on Twitter the other day saying that we were going to have that update for you uh, like right away and then they're trying to work out some details with first party about what can go live when and how that's all going to work out so then i had to roll that back and apologize and be like sorry it'll be did you lose any sound effects in those tweets when you rolled it back i may have lost yes <laughs> i only got half the just or you can just missing letters of the 100, yes. 110 character tweet <laughs> I, some, there's a there's a hilarious joke. There's in there a somewhere. really good joke in there that I'm just going to let go. Insert cleverness here. Yeah, that someone else smarter than me can take. Um, another big news this week: uh, we announced Resident Evil Chronicles HD Collection, which uh, I'm actually I'm actually pretty excited about because I only played uh, Umbrella Chronicles back in the day, and it's been you know four years, five years since I did that, and it was kind of a rush playthrough because it was for the press and a preview, so like I I didn't retain a lot of that, and then Dark Side I never touched. So getting them on PS3 in a bundle with move support, like I really enjoyed how that happened with Dead Space Extraction. It then showed up on PS3, and I got to play through a game I already liked on Wii with move support, improved visuals, trophies, and now you get to do that with these two Resident Evil shooters. I, I don't know. I'm pretty psyched for that. We don't have price details yet, but I know they're just that's still in, up in the air, but uh, I know they'll have that information soon. And they both come out in June as uh, 2012 as well. I like me some good rail shooters once in a while. Just yeah. relax and shoot some zombies' brains. Not all that moving. It's not all that moving. Let the computer handle that. And, uh, one thing I, <laughs> thing I love about the intro, because Umbrella Chronicles is like a bunch of key points of Resident Evil uh, history from uh, like 1, 0, and... Uh, 
and then kind of retelling those stories and embellishing them somewhat, but then also you get this kind of Wesker perspective of him talking about it after the fact. And I thought that narration was actually kind of cool, but one of the things I think that's persisted for Wesker, and I can't cue the sound live because I'm uh, missing a key chord here, of course, but uh, how Wesker, how the voice actor pronounces zombies. He does not just say zombies. It's more of a bleh. <laughs> and he also just, the narration is so, you get that Wesker, like, just arrogance and, like, just nose upturned kind of attitude towards everything. So I just want to play this for a second. This is his introduction uh, at the beginning of the game. Proliferating amongst the unsuspecting public, it metamorphosed them into living death zombies. <laughs> uh yes. And I think like pretty much every time that happens you get this yes, zombie. Zombie. And just this very uh guy earned his money. I'll say that. Like yeah. really uh didn't just keep throw in a voice like this is me. I am Wesker. Hi everybody. Just really own the role. And then uh, Dark Side Chronicles is more of a like these personal stories from RE2 and Code Veronica that again kind of, you know, enhances what what has happened, but uh you get new stories, new takes on things, uh, but then both of them available together, I think, is pretty cool. Those same reload tricks also work covering up the end of the re- remote yep. rather than aiming off screen or just anything like that. Putting your, hand, put in your hand in front of it. Split oh. second. A little pro tip for uh, the leg gun noobs at home. Yeah. And then uh, other Resident Evil news is Raccoon City. Actually, Operation Raccoon City is out on Tuesday, the next, next week, and that's uh, been a long time coming. I guess almost a year since it was announced uh, last year at Captivate. And uh, that is at long last out. We'll have a lot of uh, multiplayer sessions uh, once it's out on Unity. We'll put some posts up about that where you can jump in. We'll play multiplayer together, uh, USS versus Spec Ops. And uh, speaking of the Spec Ops, we actually announced this week the DLC for a free Spec Ops mission, like a piece of the campaign mode, basically, uh, that shows the side of the story from the point of view of Spec Ops. So you get to now get some insight into those characters, see their side of that story, and it's this free mission that kind of uh, mirrors what the the USS soldiers, you know, Lupo, Vector, Spectre, Beltway, Four Eyes. Oh, man, I almost got them all. You'll never make it. Oh, those guys. I'm trying to remember the Seventh Dwarf. The Seventh You'll Dwarf. Never remember the seventh Shooty. Dwarf. I'm going to guess the last one's name is Shooty. <laughs> um, and all of them. Uh, so you get some extra context. For, so when you go into the multiplayer mode, it's not just like, Here's the Umbrella dudes who are super cool and have these cool designs, and you know what they're all about because you just spent the campaign with them, and they're talking smack to each other and kicking ass. And then here's who are these Spec Ops people? So now you get it, and you get some a chance to actually know them. And it's a free uh, update, which is always good. And then there's also the uh, Nemesis mode, which is part of a, a 360 exclusive, where you can it's this extra multiplayer mode where uh, you both fight for control of Nemesis and then turn them on to their characters. And Nemesis, as you might imagine, is a gigantic bullet sponge. That just mows everybody down. So you probably want to get to him first. Um, the other cool thing about that Spec Ops uh, DLC pack, though, I just remembered, is not it's not just the fact that it's, oh, here's a free mission with Spec Ops. It's actually pieces of uh, when Jill is running from Nemesis from Resident Evil 3. So you actually get some Jill Valentine action in there. You get to see some Nemesis running around doing his thing. So for a free piece of content, it's actually really cool. And uh, it kind of sets up these characters so that you can then go into multiplayer and maybe have some kind of attachment to them instead of just here are dudes with guns and girls with guns shooting each other. Play Vector if you're going to play multiplayer. Vector, he... Vector's uh, the nuts. Yeah, just stand in a corner and... say the nuts, right? The nuts is fine. Yeah. Uh, I prefer the nards. No, no, see, that's a different kind of nuts. <laughs> Those are Wolfman nuts. We've established this. Speaking of uh, the Resident Evil multiplayer, though, um, 
last week we did a I ran a handful of uh, Revelations raid mode uh, contest where uh, and it's something I want to kind of do on a regular basis because it was actually really fun. It's difficult to live stream because streaming 3DS is pretty tough and uh, the devices that we have don't really talk to retail games or retail 3DSs. Um, so while it is possible for us to stream the game, like it's more of like a pre-release ROM than a you know the the one you buy in a store. Um, but what I can do is I update this thread live in, in the Unity forums on the Revelations thread, and uh, we basically go through a level. I'll pick ten people to run through this level with me one by one, and I kind of sit back and let you guys do your thing and try to rack up as many points, highest accuracy, and uh, the old genocide bonus and Trinity bonus. <laughs> Get as many points as you can, and then at the end, whoever gets the highest time out of all of these people, uh, you get some cool Resident Evil stuff we had laying around. And in this case, last week it was a sealed copy of RE3 for PC, which I know is like, so. <laughs> but it's one of those, like, the box is really nice, and it's just, you know, this is a weird thing, a moment in time. Like, that, those big PC boxes where it's just rattling around because it's just a jewel case inside, and... The art is really glossy and nice. There's really cool Nemesis art inside that I'm surprised I haven't seen around before. It's just really high, very detailed. So uh, I want to do that that kind of thing more often. So uh, if you haven't picked up Revelations yet, uh, it's definitely an awesome game. Uh, the campaign is huge. The multiplayer is a lot of fun. And uh, I want to try to promote that by rewarding you guys who take the time to get super good at it because you can get crazy combinations with uh, different kinds of weapons and different loadouts with the, the, the illegal custom parts and uh, just really tweak out on that stuff and uh, maybe get some free goodies in the process. So it's a good time. That brings us to, Greg, it's your moment, time to shine. Yay. Which I'm dubbing this now. I wish I had proper sound effects, but I'm going to force this on you. This is now the Digital Deals with Greg and Goblins. <laughs> All right. All right, then. We actually have quite a few this week, so uh, buckle up. So, first of all, our uh, last costume pack for Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom has finally arrived. This is the Ancient Warrior pack. $1.99 for uh, new costumes for Arthur, Firebrand, and Hulk. That Arthur costume is super cool. Uh, He gets hit when you... Well, not when he gets hit. When you lose your armor after you've used your hyper and the armor goes away, it's Skeleton Arthur. Yeah. So appropriate for this music. And for this, this segment, actually. And the armor is based on Bishamon from... Uh, it's not based on him, but it looks similar. It I looks similar. I think it's actually more taken from Ultimate Ghost and Goblins. Okay, gotcha. But it is a similar Ghost Samurai kind of thing. Cool, cool. And then Firebrand is in King form or something like that. Yeah, it's, it's a different different form of the Red Aramur, and uh, he just gets this really cool snout and a tail. Yeah. They gave, they gave him a tail. And then Hulk was a uh, was a Hulk World War Hulk. Kind of Hulk World War Hulk. I'm uh, a yeah World War Hulk look where he's got the big uh, thing, and uh, the fourth character who we will not discuss. Right. <laughs> so that's 199 or 160 Microsoft points. Um, we also have the value pack for Ultimate Marvel where you can get all of the costumes for 20 bucks, which is about a 20 dollar uh, discount. Uh, discount. So uh, probably worth doing if you like a fair number of those costumes. Uh, while we're talking about Marvel, we also uh, it's not out yet, but on March 27th, the uh, Jill and Shuma Vita fix is coming. Uh, so if you'd already purchased them on Vanilla Marvel 3, the tr- just getting them right. translated over to Vita. Uh, yeah, I think right now some people have been saying that uh, it looks like 
they don't have an option to re-download. Right, yeah, it, it just was, says purchase it, again. They weren't able to redeem it again. So this is a fix that would allow yeah, them to finally do so. That's March 27th. Uh, there are also a whole slew of new Street Fighter Cross Tekken PSN avatars. They're 49 cents each. A bundle is coming for PS Plus users. It's not out yet, but it's coming. Um, there's also a Zazzle sale uh, going on just through March 17th. So that's uh, Saturday, I guess, which is... It'll be this this weekend as of our posting. So uh, yeah. take note of when you're listening to this. That's 30% off uh, your purchase at Zazzle on their website if you enter the code SFX8BITS. And that's uh, with the word 8 typed out. Meanwhile, on the Capcom store, we've got Dead Rising, uh, Chop Till You Drop, and uh, Tatsunoko vs. Capcom, both on sale for eleven fifty. The Dead Ri- these are both Wii games, um, FYI. I am familiar with the platforms. Just, just making sure. Games are on, Greg. So, <laughs> so the Dead Rising, uh, that's, that sale is good through the end of March, but if you don't buy it by then, you won't be able to get it on the store anymore. Uh, meanwhile, TVC is available for that price all the way through the end of uh, June, or you can get it with the arcade stick for sixty-three forty-six. Not really sure how it's they. A very specific yeah. price. Yeah, but that's a pretty good deal. You get yeah, a, a nice arcade stick. The the housing on that stick is really nice. And then also like just if you're not a fighting game fan, uh, even from a collector standpoint, the fact that game happened in the U.S. Yeah. means you should own it. Like. I mean, and the fact that there's a stick pretty much just for that game, because, like, what yeah, other fighting game are you going <laughs> to play on the Wii? I, I cried bitter tears to make that game come to the U.S., so... I'm, I'm actually kind of a big fan of that one. We're in a weird situation where you have to lean away from each mic so someone else can talk on it. Yeah. So, uh, spared no expense. Um, so, yeah, you can get those at shop.capcom.com. That's the Capcom store. Uh, meanwhile, also on the Capcom store, you can... Uh, purchase Osuro's Wrath, and if you do so, you will get a free Osuro's Wrath Bobble Bud with six arms. It's actually pretty cool. It is cool. As far as the Bobble Buds go, this has got extra... He's got six arms instead of two. A little extra panache. Extra extra effort there. Um, You gotta hand it to them. (laughs) Uh, I don't. Okay. (laughs) I will, but not because you made a joke. But yeah, um, this is definitely the coolest Bobble Bud ever made. Um... (laughs) Meanwhile, uh, if you if you purchase Street Fighter Cross Tekken off the store, you get a Street Fighter Cross Tekken lanyard with 8-bit style renditions right. of all the characters. Uh, that lanyard will appear it's later yellow. in this podcast, so remember that. Okay. And uh, if you pre-order Operation Raccoon City, you get an exclusive Raccoon City sign. Ah, the, street, the, the city sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great for putting on walls or other flat surfaces. Um, and that's all we got. Uh, the bad news is you did not complete the segment with the goddess bracelet, so you will have to do <laughs> the whole thing over again. I'm sorry, Greg. I hate this game. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll take a quick break, and uh, I apologize. I couldn't get a community interview this week because my MP3 recorder Skype interface uh, mo- impact modifier, whatever it is, is basically flipping me off all week. So uh, I'm going to get that resolved, and the next time we will do it, uh, for sure. But also, um, if you want to be eligible for that, uh, just join the group, the Cab Community Podcast Group, uh, which is in the, in the forums as official podcast, I believe, in the forums. Something like official Unity Podcast. It's weird because it's, it's, the forums are alphabetical, but then this one is not. 
Uh, but <laughs> it was called Capcom Official Podcast, but then the Capcom got taken out of uh, it. So it was like, well, we don't need to say Capcom because we're in the Capcom forms. But then it stayed in the seas. Right. So it's in this weird spot. But if you join that group, you're kind of automatically eligible to. Uh, I'll go through and pick someone out each week. I'll go back and forth between our. Our moderators that help us out immensely in the forums and on the live streams, and then also just a, a reader who's just on the site, wants to talk, have fun. Um, but if you like, specifically are like, no, I really would like to come on, just send me a PM on Unity at Brelston, and I'll, uh, and I'll just seek you out specifically instead of, uh, if you don't want to wait your turn, by <laughs> random chance, I'm more than happy to just, uh, if you want to be like, yes, I would like to appear on the podcast, I'll just, we'll talk on Skype. We'll get that solved soon and get it back. But this week we do have someone from Capcom joining us, so we'll... Go out to some music really quick. We'll come back, talk to Will Hirsch from our licensing department, which is more exciting than it sounds. Oh, yeah. And uh, we'll be right back. podcast now we're coming into our uh, weekly interview segment not quite weekly episodely uh, interview segment and uh, this week uh, better know a capcom employee uh, we have with us hey what's up everyone this is will will hirsch and i'm uh, with capcom media and consumer products i am the creative manager for media and consumer products so yes. that's your title but when i walk by your desk i see awesome posters and like street fighter lanyards and mega man statues and like that whole section down there seems like i just want to grab everything and run out the door yeah and basically everyone who walks by my cubicle says the same thing yeah and i kind of have to have like you know the guard dogs ready ready to pounce to on them slap a know? lot of hands like release the hounds yeah. kind of a thing yeah, yeah because yeah. It, it's it's pretty it's pretty crazy we, we ha- we're, we're i'm really lucky because i get to work on all the Awesome swag that that uh, that's based on all of our IP and all of our all of our titles here mm-hmm. at, at Capcom. So we do everything from you know statues to toys to apparel to accessories. You you name it, I I work on it. My hands have to touch it. So so like how much? Yeah. I mean, obviously, anytime you're licensing anything, there's like so many hoops that have to be jumped through to get it. So like, what's a typical like somebody? Do we approach someone usually? Like, hey, we want to make. A Ryu statue, or do we, or do they come to us and say, "Hey, we want to make a statue of your character"? Is there kind of a typical path? There, there really is no typical path in mm. licensing. It, it, you know, sometimes deals come to you. Sometimes you have to go out and kind of mm. and kind of get them. And uh, being, you know, I, I've been kind of on the creative side of the business uh, the majority of my career. I come from the automotive industry where I used to design okay. cars, and then I worked on on toys for many years for you know companies like Mattel and Hasbro, and so I've I've also worked on I worked on both sides on the actual sort of licensee side and the licensor side of the business. So I've mm. seen how how the deals get made, and uh, so if you know if there's anyone out there and you know who who are listeners who are interested in doing some kind of uh, you know uh, some kind of a deal, some type of a product with us, it's never been done before. You know, maybe there's a way for them to reach out through through Unity potentially. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. How did? Yeah. Oh, 
Oh, no, I was just going to say, hello, coming in. Hello. Yeah, we've been able to do a bunch of things like that in the past with different uh, people, Mm -hmm. basically, from the community who've uh, become, you know, they're fans of Capcom, sometimes lifelong, sometimes more recently, Mm -hmm. uh, who've wanted to do, who have cool ideas for products, now are designers, whether full-time or part-time, and uh, licensing has been pretty cool with trying to get those guys in the door and, and give them some opportunity. Yeah, indeed. We ha- and we have some really great stuff coming out. Uh, I think you guys can look forward to seeing some product coming from Canada, which I, which I believe uh, initially he was, he was a fan. He has his own site. He does his own art. And now he's actually doing some licensed product with us as an example for Street Fighter. So mm. that should be coming out pretty soon. Is there anything moving along uh, as far as like Street Fighter 25th anniversary? Anything to... There is, actually. Uh, we do have a big program coming up. A lot of it I can't talk about because a lot of the contracts are still right. kind of happening at this point. Uh, but very exciting things, especially, you know, keep your eyes out at E3 for some really cool stuff. Uh, it's going to be some really mind-blowing stuff over there, nice. as well as Comic-Con. Uh, we have coming out, uh, let's see, uh, for specifically for, we have a, flood, a deal with Flood Watches. They're going to be doing 25th anniversary watches for us. Uh, and then we're going to be doing a Hello Street Fighter Cross Hello Kitty program, which is going to launch this fall. And that's going to have, um, we already have these uh, partners on board. We have Mad Cats for sticks and fight pads. Toynami is going to do a, a really cool plush line. Uh, Mighty Fine is our apparel partner. Uh-huh. Loungefly is going to do accessories. And Viz is going to do publishing. This so, kind of all stems from that, that Chun-Li Hello Kitty thing that started, I guess, a Comic-Con or so ago? When it was yeah, first talked about? I believe so. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's great to see it finally coming into reality i gotta say that that hello kitty stuff is super rad so i'm mm, really looking yeah. forward to that stuff i'm me too i'm sort of a, a casual at best hello kitty fan uh, <laughs> the pairing somehow work. it's one of those things that like you know these flavor combinations you didn't mm. really expect to work out but then nuts and gum yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> would have thought uh but it totally does it's really rad so look, keep your eyes out for that cool cool and then uh walking by and i see like a lot of the, the udon books or or, mm-hmm. or art books or even any kind of license stuff that deals with a, a license that's m- more owned by Japan. So stuff like a lot of the really cool Mega Man stuff that's out there. Is there an extra like layer of complexity because now like you have to get Japan involved and like, uh, you know, make sure everything's on model and make sure everything's correct. Like how much extra that adds versus getting Udon to draw some art and make it happen. Yeah. It's, it's the same pretty much with all of our titles. Mm. We, we pretty, we have to get Japan's buy off on everything because mm. the, the producers really like to have, they have a, you know, a very strict vision yep. and idea of what that, that, you know, title, how that title is going to translate into the various types of licensed merchandise. Mm. So they're always involved. The brand managers here at Capcom USA are, are also involved. And then, you know, myself and the team upstairs are also involved in all creative approvals. Mm. So it, it does add a little, sometimes it adds a little extra uh, level of complexity because Japan's idea of what a cool product is mm. and America's idea sometimes are you know two totally different things. Right. So that that's that makes it a little challenging, but it's it's also fun too, and it's also great to see like you know the stuff that you know what Japan thinks is cool. Eventually, I think a lot of a lot of people in America also think is cool too. So yeah, I think the the one time we have sometimes sort of problems, but we've had good. Japan's been pretty flexible about it. Is like the. Uh, ironic products like yeah. <laughs> japan is not a super ironic place like they they like their humor they like jokes but irony is not as popular as it, does, it is it doesn't translate sort I of, guess. yeah it's yeah. like a way of life in america and mm. so when we do like a jill sandwich shirt or yeah. something like that you know like that's yeah. i'm guessing the, the funny mega over man, here but yeah the mega man 9 art i guess took a lot of discussion to no 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 it's supposed to be this way yeah and initially that's true it did and now it has sort of a weird life of its own where they're like this is what americans think mega man is like and you're like yeah. no no so i'm not sure the joke is actually like 
totally understood, but uh, <laughs> they're trying, and uh, you know, when we're trying to get some of their oddball stuff as well. That's true, and sometimes we do have the opportunity to sort of get some of the things that that Japan is doing and, and bring them here, like the Square Enix figures, for example, uh-huh. for, yeah, for yeah. Street Fighter. Yeah, those are really nice, highly detailed figures, yeah. and they're you know they're only available online. I think show uh, sideshow selling them and other online outlets, but they're you know it's just nice to see you know, that level of detail, that quality of figure, you know, and something that we really can't do here, but it's mm-hmm. cool to have Capcom Japan be able to yeah. handle that kind of stuff. I mean, the articulation yeah. on those oh, it's specific out, out figures, of control. It's, it's yeah. nuts. Like, yeah. it's the kind of yeah. figure, if I would have had access to that in the 90s when I was buying toys left and right, oh, I would have freaked crazy. out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, totally. I know I definitely make a lot of posts on Unity about like the stuff we do with Zazzle, mm, so yes. how that factors into er- to your day-to-day. Well, Zazzle's kind of, uh, I, I was charged with bringing Zazzle on board as a partner, and they're kind of, they're kind of not really like a licensee, it's a mm. little bit of a different kind of a deal with them, um, but it's not traditional, but, but the cool thing about Zazzle is that, you know, uh, we're consistently updating it, we're consistently adding new art and, and new titles, like you guys are going to see a Dragon's Dogma store being launched soon, mm. and all the new titles that are rolling out, we're going to see different stores, and there's going to be a lot of product that's Normally, typically unavailable through our traditional licensees mm. or anywhere at retail, and all of it's customizable. So that's really the nice, the nice thing about it that that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, it's a little bit of an odd place for for Capcom to live, but we actually we're, we're kind of like pioneers mm. in that you know the sort of on-demand world for products mm. going with, going with a partner like Zazzle. When so, I need that Mike yeah. Hager clock at midnight, and yeah. <laughs> it, it really helps. Yeah, you can, you know, 24 hours a day, seven <laughs> days a week. And, and, you know, and I mean, right now, if you got, I'm, you know, I don't know when, when this is going to broadcast, but we, we are consistently running various types of promotions and specials. Yeah, yeah. So, you know. Uh, if, yeah, this will actually yeah. post uh, on uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend. So oh. I know there's probably at least one deal still going on. Yeah, the, the one deal for the Street Fighter art, Street Fighter 8 bit specifically, yeah, the 30% price. off, which is pretty cool. And it's a nice yeah, deal. And there's a post on Capcom Community. I, think, I don't remember the code. It's like SF. Eight bits. Oh, here we go. Uh, <laughs> SFX eight bits, and that's with the word eight spelled out. Nice, and that gets thirty percent off. Thirty uh, percent. There was a hiccup everything. initially that was yeah. twenty, but it's been corrected. It is. It is at thirty. So yeah, like, and that's only going to be good up until I think midnight Pacific time on Saturday the seventeenth. This Saturday the seventeenth. So, yeah, nice. So, yeah. All right. Any uh, closing comments? Oh uh, yes. Up- upcoming uh, projects. Cool stuff. Uh, we we do well. I mean, the, the, all all of our Mega Man and Street Fighter Great Eastern products are out there at all the anime stores throughout the country right now. Mm. Some really great sort of entry level kind of stuff. If you have some loose pocket change and you really want to have something from the world, you know, that's definitely something to look for. Uh, also, kind of what I like to get out of this. I mean, mm-hmm. I hate to sound a little selfish, but I, th- I think the, the best thing for 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 licensing for for meeting consumer products is to have have the fans kind of come to us and tell us what it is that that we don't have out there that they like to see. Mm-hmm. So if there's any way for our Unity members and fans to you know to leave us some comments, let us know what kind of product they'd like to see, whether it's apparel, whether it's toys, whether it's peripherals, mm. whatever. If it's the craziest thing, you know, I, we're open to listening, and we really want to make products with our partners, even potentially internally, that our fans really, really want. Right. So please, guys, you know, when you listen to this, just... Give us your comments, whatever. That, no matter how crazy they are, no matter how unmarketable it, no may matter, be. it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, we're we're totally open, and we really want to hear what you have to going say. Going to promote a Phoenix Wright Thighmaster. Absolutely. <laughs> I had I had one more before I let you get out of here. Okay. Um, so one of my favorite things about cruising through the licensing department is seeing the the never was products. Oh like yes, the, the products that were were going to happen and we had prototypes of, but for whatever reason, did not come to pass. So. 
mm-hmm. if I can put you in the hot seat for a minute oh, and try and think of, you don't necessarily have to tell us who was going to make it and maybe you don't have to maybe list the brand, but as much as you can tell us without violating some sort of agreement about one of your, your favorites that didn't come to be, whether because it was a cool product that didn't happen or because it was a super awful product that should never have existed and was as then eliminated from existence. Wow. Uh, that's, that's a tough one. I work on so many, so many products uh, daily. Um, I'd say the one, the one thing that I know that that's just been kind of um, difficult to get out to market are, are the Jazzwares Street Fighter figures, simply because our, our, what we're looking for from a level of quality uh, for, the, for the consumer and for the fans is really, really high. Mm. So I'd really like to see those things make it out there because it's like a three and three quarter inch scale. You know, you can basically put it on the shelf or play it with your G.I. Joe figures or your Star Wars figures mm. or whatever. And, you know, I, re- I really would like to see that that come to pass. And I think it will. It's just a matter of, of time. Mm. Um, beyond that, we've tried to do everything, including PC keyboards that have, you know, like Street Fighter and Lost Planet graphics and things like that on them. But those haven't come to pass. Those, those I think, would be kind of cool for us, you know, sort of office cubicle dwellers. Basically. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like glowing, like T-Energy uh, glowing keyboard that has the yeah, orange the hue. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. So I've just created a demand for this very specific keyboard. <laughs> but no, thanks for coming by. And, oh, my uh, pleasure. Sorry we ran a little late and uh, had the delay a bit, but uh, yeah, thanks late, for stopping really? by. <laughs> well, yes, we're, yes, we're running behind schedule. All right, guys, thanks so much. Thanks a lot. Thank you. All right, Thank appreciate you. it. Thanks, Will, for coming on and uh, taking time away from licensing products to talk to us. But Lic- licensing and not licensing products. And, and sometimes turning things down, like which he alluded to at the end there. But uh, He didn't really give us the goods. He didn't give us the goods because you yeah. mentioned one thing. And you said, yeah, the fact this thing exists sort of is pretty amazing to me. It does exist, but just barely. It yeah. is a uh, Street Fighter-themed fragrance. I, does it smell like... Str- it has to smell like streets, right? Have you been to a tournament? Oh, a bot, so just like cement wall, like a locker room. It's, it smells just better than that. Just but uh, so what it turned out, the sad, the sad fate of the Street Fighter fragrances, which <laughs> uh, do include Akuma, and uh, I don't want to give it too many details away. So 
our internet sharks can try and track these down. And you can drive up the price vastly. So my uh, <laughs> small reserve of Street Fighter fragrance will be worth ten times as much. Oh man, ten dollars! Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, shockingly, he couldn't find placement for those items in a store, so the run was very, very limited. And uh, yeah, it didn't really didn't really light the world on fire, although it may cause some sort of chemical reaction. I don't know. I, I think it's, say, it may it's cause chemically kind of inert. Yes. Chemical burns are likely. <laughs> As, well, that's, yeah, maybe for Akumas or uh, Dalsim. That's just in keeping with character. Like, I would expect some oil. kind of burn sensation. Yeah, and I apologize. I have uh, fake gummy worms in my mouth, which is why. How not, not Sour Patch Kids, to which I am sadly addicted. I know we have yeah. World Gone Sour, and I'm waiting for that delivery of candy from those guys i still haven't ate a single one since we announced this game i don't i'm not a candy guy i've never grown up eating candy but i am there's a pile of twizzlers next to you i know but i'm all it is is i'm going like i'm so sour patch centric that i Mm. happen to be going by a pack a pile of candy here Uh, in the massive piles of candy that accrue around right our office um and it wasn't Sour Patch Kids, but it was some sort of fake knockoff sour worm. I see. So I took that, and then there was some Twizzlers underneath. And I was like, well, <laughs> Twizzlers is like a more a less healthy, or it's a more healthy kind of candy, uh, so I'm, I'm taking that along. I can smell the fruit from here, the, I know. the alleged it, fruit flavor from it tastes, here. It smells about the same as the Street Fighter fragrance, which you can <laughs> find somewhere. I think I saw a box of that at the Crosstech and Launch Party. Like that, Yes, that, yes. That, and I, and I, in the haze of like packing everything up, because when those are events are over... Now that I'm on this side of the fence and now I see what happens when those events uh, are done and you guys would normally leave well intoxicated and run out into the streets and go to Denny's and <laughs> fill yourself up with awful food in the middle of the night. And, uh, oh, by the way, everyone who's working there will be there at 2.30 in the morning, uh, taking everything apart and putting it down. And then somewhere in the haze of doing all that, I was like, Street Fighters, go, oh, what? And just threw it in a box and moved on. And then when you mentioned it, I'm like, wait a minute. That I does did exist. see that. It's all real. So is yeah. it just one fragrance to represent all of Street Fighter? Because oh, oh would... no. Oh, okay. <laughs> a lot, an array <laughs> of so fragrances. Can, I was going to say, like, I would think Chun-Li and Blanca would smell quite differently. And then you think that. Would... I assume you... Blanca would have to have some kind of banana smell since he, li- he apparently loves eating bananas. That's racist. Against Brazilian li- lightning no, men? racist. Lightning men? Nope. Um... Well, he eats bananas that, in the game. I don't think that's appropriate. I'm, well, <laughs> I'm going to actually go on record and say it's entirely appropriate. So if that condemns me in the banana Blanca circuit, then so be it. <laughs> Man, just really bummed I couldn't get this screenshot or this uh, cord to work. So I wanted to be spamming all these sound effects, and I can't do it right. And I got, I got. <laughs> now you have to play that because it's now in my head. Oh, well, I actually didn't. I actually, in keeping with the game deals of a prior podcast that was on, I actually have to do close out Greg and Goblins. Otherwise, we've been in the Greg and Goblins segment the whole time. So I'm sorry, Will, you were actually in in the middle of a Greg and Goblins digital deals scenario. I'm sorry. (laughs) I did, however, record Audra yelling. I thought you were going to play Senator Blanca. I don't have Senator Blanca, but I have yes. Bison saying yes. That's not that's yeah, all right. None of those probably. At least Greg up. and Goblins, the the endless segment yeah. is now finally. I'm over. going to add pieces to this every podcast. So eventually, I'm thinking 2013 B plus podcast. <laughs> I think that's ambitious. You're opening another Twizzler. Silence. No one must know I'm eating candy. Well, you're on deck now because I wanted to go through the Ask Capcom. Uh, I picked out a question from our Ask Capcom forum, which uh, we try to get in there and answer questions anytime when there's something we can hop in and actually say yay, nay, maybe. 
And there's also going to be uh, another live Ask Capcom on our on our Twitch TV channel uh, coming up soon. I think maybe next week, um, mid mid March, mid to late March. And then uh, let's go into a question from the forum, which was: Ask Capcom, are Ruby Heart and Amingo really rejected Darkstalkers characters? And apparently, there's been a lot of. Uh, it's been said one way or another, I think, for Ruby Heart, but then maybe Amingo's still up in the air, or there's just some ambiguity in general, and I thought, well, if Seth's going to be in the room, <laughs> he would love to be harassed with this question. I'll reveal all the dark secrets of Team Dirty Beret, um, which is its own interesting story, but nobody asked it, so I'm not going to tell. Um, maybe you can fit some more Twizzlers in there while you're... <laughs> my mouth is exceptionally tang. My mouth is a happy place. The rest of my body is very sad. <laughs> And I assume if you're listening to this, the craving for Twizzlers right now must be staggering. Like <laughs> Twizzlers and Sour Patch Just Kids? Sour, nuts and gum. Sour, Screw that. Nuts and Twizzlers gum. and Sour Patch. Yeah. Um, are they, in fact, rejected Darkstalkers characters? So, uh, as a bit of backstory, when there's a title being out, coming out, there is uh, sort of, you know, there are character concepts created for that title, but it's not as though... There, there's also sort of, sort of like a general pool of character concepts mm. plus a lot of the character creators who make characters for one game are the same guys who will be asked to concept for another game so right. if they have somebody that they kind of liked from before yeah, they're gonna keep pushing you it. may see them again and i've i've cracked the door on some of this behind the scenes stuff a little bit before it's something capcom's pretty guarded about in part because we may pull out one of the designs that's why you don't see huge lists of like character concepts that never were mm. um and and even the characters that we have i've seen cases where you know like when we were doing uh jury and hakan uh mm. we've got we spun out like hundreds of versions of those characters some which right. are quite close and recognizable some which are quite far yeah. um and then other character concepts that are totally unrelated like yeah, I mentioned a while ago, like a kung fu clown, right? Um, which thankfully never came to be. Yes. And, was, and your illustration of that clown, was... yes, <laughs> it, was, it was shot out. That clown was shot out into out of the airlock into space. So catching up with Voyager somewhere <laughs> yes. in the. Sorry, kung fu clown. Hopefully, he won't uh, rear his uh, balloon yeah. nose. Uh, yeah, no. As, as I was going to rear his ugly head, but it was I was looking for whatever word, whatever adjective might describe that sort of weird bozo style oh, haircut yeah. in one word, and and completely failed. Anyway, so my understanding, uh, what I was told was that, yes, uh, Ruby Heart at least was, in fact, um, originally targeted for Darkstalkers, which, if you think about it, makes a whole lot of sense. <laughs> like, like, she's not a very Marvel-y character, right. uh, you know, if you're going to come up with something original for a Capcom game, but she's very Darkstalkers, mm. um, you know, there's a lot of, she's opening up chests with ghosts that fly out of them, yep. and... She's the the captain of a haunted ghost ship, which actually will fly onto the screen. Yep, and and do ghost shippy stuff. Ridiculous, like run you uh, over, basically. Yeah, like, yeah, that was one of the like the <laughs> most fun, ridiculous moments when I was first playing it. It's just like, what's what's her hyper or super? And it's yeah, <laughs> the whole ship. Why is this happening? Why is one frame of animation for a giant <laughs> boom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as you can tell, there was some work put into that character. Um, so I think they were not ready to let her sail off into the sunset. Yeah, uh, Amingo, I, I just didn't ask about Amingo. I don't know why, because he seems equally bizarre. I don't know that he's obviously dark stalkersy to me. So that's maybe why I didn't think to. Yeah, I mean, he definitely has the the quirkiness and the weirdness of a dark stalkers character, yeah. and the morphing and just the the general vibe. But like, he doesn't fit a motif. 
Yeah, kind unless of. There's a, I unless mean, his there's... village was destroyed, which sounds sort of supernatural-ish. Yeah, I mean... And then he has to unless figure some... out what the source of the destruction was, which really could have been another Darkstalker, frankly. Yeah. And not just Abyss from uh, MVC2. Yeah, from MVC2. Um, but I didn't ask about Amingo, so I don't want to speak to that one definitively. I can talk to those guys and, and see what they what they have to say about Amingo. But yeah, Ruby Heart was definitely still in the concept pile of like characters we like and may have had some frames of animation for that we wanted to pull back out yeah. um, for this case. Nice. Well, I hope that sheds additional light. I think that's kind of where at least one person posted in there. Like, I think Seth said at one point Ruby Heart had some ties there, but eh, maybe there's some extra clarity. And have another Twizzler, buddy. Back, back to the can. I think I've earned it. I Well done. <laughs> Speaking of earning things, I wanted to kick off uh, this week uh, with the idea of a question of the week, which is itself not a novel idea, but uh, and it also will not be of the week since this podcast is not every week. It's technically every two weeks sometimes. But the point of this would be uh, we'll ask a question, we'll go around the room, we'll answer it, but then also you guys answer in the forums, and uh, we'll, uh, I'll pick you know probably like five people out of the forum each time we do one of these questions, and uh, I'd be randomly selected to get some kind of prize out of the... Uh, out of the thread, whoever uh, responds. And this week, uh, because the question, as you'll see, is Street Fighter related, uh, I've got those 8-bit Street Fighter lanyards that have all the characters arrayed in Mega Man-style sprites. Um, and yeah, I got five of those to give away. So uh, all you got to do is hop in and answer the question. They're pretty rad, too. It's high, really high cool. Stuff, yeah. It's it's really cool. Um, so the question this week in the launch of uh, Street Fighter Cross Tekken, and it got me thinking, like, I'm basically going to have to start from scratch. I want to find the new character. And it just got me thinking about when I first played Street Fighter 2 like way back in a bowling alley in 1991 like 10 year old with no discerning uh, opinions of anything whatsoever what's the first Street Fighter character that you ever really gravitated toward maybe not maybe not maybe it was the first character you ever picked and you stuck with them or maybe it was just the, f- uh, the first character that you finally settled on like however however you want to spin it to make it make more sense to you um, is that how I'd like to go? For me, they're actually both the same thing, and I've said it a hundred times, so it's not exciting. But it's Blanca because he was the green monster man, and everybody else was boring, stupid people. And so I picked him and mashing on buttons. He shoots lightning. Oh my god, this is super cool! And then he bites people on the head, and he's always hopping around. And his stage has a snake in the background, and <laughs> everything a twelve-year-old, eleven-year-old kid would just freak out about. So I just stuck with him, and then um, yeah, I just really liked. It. And then when they added the hop roll, it just further accentuated the the beast like i don't know he just felt more like he's not a trained martial artist it's just a dude just flinging his arms and like i, I liked that that attitude of it and then you know you get into dark stalkers with sasquatch and it's kind of the same although dark stalkers is basically blanca the spinoff game every everybody's that same kind of thing which is why i like what about a whole game full of blancas full of blancas which is why i love it like that game visually like every character just looks so so damn cool but yeah for me it's blanca how do you guys where do you guys lean Goblins? Yeah. Uh, are we talking specifically with Street Fighter? Yeah. Yeah, um, I guess it doesn't have to be, but that's... Yes, it's Street Fighter. I, uh, you know, I was always a Ken guy, which I know is boring. That's pretty much the end of this story. Yeah. <laughs> At first, I saw no difference because I was eight. <laughs> and then gradually, I sort of gravitated towards Ken possibly because I liked his color scheme, possibly because he just feels slightly different in yeah. a way that... I mean, I, yeah, I was kidding earlier, because Ken, I mean, the fact that he has the go-getter personality makes him, you know, slightly more fun to play as. I, I don't know if that personality really came through in World Warrior. No, but, yeah. not at all. Um, 
pretty. They were functionally identical, save for Ken's kick roll, which was better than reused in some circumstances. <laughs> so yeah, Ken had the long extended rolling kick throw mm. versus Ryu just lays on his back. Oh yeah, just lays on his back. But then they do the same damage, don't they? They do, but positionally, it's a little oh true slightly superior. Got but it. they're both the two worst characters in World Warrior anyway. <laughs> ironically, <laughs> yeah. um, as it turned out. But then in Champion, they actually start differentiating between oh, yeah. the two. A lot of cool differences. Seth? Oh, my character was actually also Blanca. Oh, you can believe is, that. Huh. I, I wisely hmm. smartened up and moved on. Yeah, this is a losing game. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, just to make this segment as boring as it possibly could be. <laughs> I also uh, liked Ken. Yes. <laughs> and my secondary was Ken. Um, <laughs> I liked Blanca's uh, throw, his head chompy move. I was like, that looks super vicious and yep. awesome, and I'm going to do that to these other d-bags in this arcade <laughs> that i don't like even though i don't know them and they seem like nice people but i'm still gonna shred them yeah um and then the other move which sadly was uh nixed from the rest of street fighter history and i may try and bring it back try and use my unholy influence on the game to try and return this move to its former glory i'm interested standing fierce up close will do the spinning rolling oh, the double, double spin. fierce where yeah, it yeah, does yeah. it's not a ball like a rolling attack he stands motionlessly in place rotates and does like this fierce attack and then spins again and fierces a second time yeah that move uh is basically impossible to land has one of the longest startup to hitbox expressed ratios in any of any move in street fighter history and also even if the first hit somehow by some uh magical blessing lands the second hit will not combo uh, off that first hit <laughs> so yeah. the first hit hits and you are guaranteed uppercut by the time the second <laughs> hit rolls around you can't cancel it there's nothing you can do um it's it turned out to ironically be one of the very worst moves in all of street fighter history but, but it i loved it it looked cool it yeah. sounded awesome it looked yeah. very cool Had a, the sound Maybe effects in the first one in general just really like bricks breaking on people's faces yes um no that's so weird like i I mean, you, the moment you said it, I'm like, yeah, I absolutely remember that. And I couldn't even tell you the last time I played World Warrior. Yeah. Like, But I, I specifically remember that move. It was a memorable move, now lost to the sands of Street Fighter time. Street Fighter time. All right. So let us know in your, or let us know your uh, initial character you fell in love with, think maybe character you first picked, first character you really settled on, just whatever your first like big impactful character was for the Street Fighter series. Uh, let us know in the... Capcom Unity Forums? Unless it's Blanca or Ken, in which case, get stuffed. Yeah. Um, All right, you, I'm can, gonna, you can tell us. No, I'm going to go ahead and... Yeah, if you tell me that, I'll, I'll just skip those entries. So, <laughs> But yeah, let us know, and I've got the, the five of those lanyards to, to hand out. So uh, yeah, we'll do that, and I think that'll actually bring us to the end of the show. Um, I'm working on an appreciation section for, for a game we can do a little later. Um, didn't have enough time to get one together this week. Uh, it's been very busy couple of months we've had games coming out constantly the last few weeks uh we had azura's wrath we had revelations we had cross tekken and now we're going into Rac- operation raccoon city and then shortly after that is dragon's dogma dmcc is coming up like there's just so much stuff coming up and then i'm also uh we just got a new streaming rig and big thanks to twitch tv we had somebody come out and give us kind of give us the ropes show us the ropes we didn't need them i just needed to be shown how to use them give us the ropes. give us your ropes uh, so he showed us the ropes, and uh, it'll be a learning process, but uh, it should ultimately lead to better quality streams and uh, more stable and hopefully a little bit less intense setup time for us since there's less moving, there's fewer moving parts to everything. All stuff that you guys totally care about. Yes. Um, but look, if we can do it more often, <laughs> then that's more chance to do cool stuff And with it'll it. make for a happier bread. And I'll be happier instead of this walking pile of misery that I've been. <sighs> but uh, PAX East coming up soon. Uh, 
We'll have a booth there. We'll be streaming. and I guess all three of us will be there, actually. I'm actually on a panel that Saturday with uh, other community managers from Activision and uh, Ubisoft and Warner Brothers Entertainment. So if you're free Saturday at 530 of PAX East, I will be there to accept polite handshakes, personal greetings. And cupcakes. Cupcakes, always welcome. And, and cheers, actually. If you have any complaints or uh, grievances you'd like to air, oh, please direct that is now yeah, Brett's department full time. my department. Um, I can directly influence the outcome of whatever it is you're upset about. Uh, taking us out this week is actually what I thought is really cool title screen music for uh, Operation Raccoon City. Uh, I remember hearing it over and over again during uh, New York Comic Con and just thinking, wow, this is really good music. It just happens to hit you know, the type of music I enjoy, not necessarily to listen to on the regular, but hearing it as menu music, just it gets you super pumped. And uh, I want to close out on that this week. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, podcast available on iTunes in case you downloaded it directly from the site. URL is capcom-unity.com if you got this from iTunes and somehow didn't know the site you were listening to, but you never know. Just typed in randomly, you just mashed the keyboard and ended up there. Yep. Uh, Twitch.tv slash Capcom Unity is our, our live stream. Greg's been, uh, we're trying to get back into the swing of doing weekly Devil May Cry streams leading up to the release of Devil May Cry Collection, which is out April 3rd. 3rd. And then uh, we're going to have our monthly Mega Man stream kicking back up here soon. Mega Man 3, which I've got to get my practice up because the second round where you fight the Mega Man 2 bosses is really tough. And they are really fast and difficult. Well, the Quick Man one especially. That's it's just rude. Oh yeah. It's really inconsiderate how fast they made him and how much damage he deals. But whatever. I hate him. So uh, we'll have some news on that. And um, yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you guys soon.